0: It's easy for any show to go off the rails, as they say, but this one, well, it actually did this incident. The year was 1889, and this tragedy really left a mark on local history. We're going to tell you all about it. You know why? Because I'm Matt. And I'm Zach, And this is the Your Town Podcast. Tunes. (laughs) Tunes. So welcome back, everybody. Not only from the quick little intro, but uh, you you made it back. This is our 10th episode. It's a milestone. It's a pretty good one, and obviously you're listening to me. I'm huh, Matt, and that's Zach over there. Welcome Hello. back. For everybody keep a track, that's two in a row. Still no gas problems. Still no issues. Super excited. We're trying something a little different, so the, the audio is a little bit different. He's actually remote. And I'm in studio. We're we're trying to be a little more flexible because there's going to be some crazy times in the in the Zach's life in the next 15 to 20 weeks. So we're being prepared. We figured, hey, let's try it on this one. So going forward, we'll be good, no matter if he's in studio or not. Either way, I'm excited for this one. Tell yeah. you are.
1: it's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, yeah, this Fuck was
0: yeah. this was something that I've occasionally seen driving down uh what is it it's 11 or 68 and you kind of see some of the uh th- those blue signs and since we started doing this podcast i don't know if you're anything like me but every time i see one of those historical blue signs or a red sign i immediately look it up and if it's something cool then sometimes i'll circle around take a picture and if it's something that's just not that cool like today i was driving through carthage and i saw one and i was like ah oh, what's what's this one i looked it up and i was like oh it's really not that cool no offense to carthage or that and but either way, it wasn't that cool. But this one is pretty cool because it used to be everyone loved a good show, especially a circus, from the animal to the clowns to even the bearded women. Nowadays, though, people seem to protest them, uh, and they protest and argue and cancel just about everything. Just a much different time. Obviously, a lot of the stuff that we do is a much different time. It's the Your Town podcast of your, your town, your stories, old stuff. And this one, pretty old. So mm-hmm. the shows were good, the technology, every, and the way that people traveled, even back in these times, were different. And some would say simpler, but clearly not safer. The circuses, they were huge, especially in the late 1800s. And that even carried into the 1900s in some places the present day. But one of, if not the biggest names in the business, was the Barnum Bailey Show, which people actually called the greatest show on earth. There was a show it was from 1841 to 1919 and then they actually partnered with the ringling brothers and then the show continues until 2017 that's a long ass time to have a show
1: yep i uh i was working no i was i was freelancing at the time Mm -hmm. uh for online publications when all throughout the like the the freelance channels when it was announced Mm -hmm. that the ringling brothers circus was done That was like everything that every media outlet wanted was like, we need to find circus guys. We need to talk to the circus guys. And like it was, I mean, I tried to find some circus guys around me, but I I couldn't. I mean, they were looking for everything. It was a huge deal. I I remember it. And they, I think you could think for like 10 bucks or something like that, you could buy a ticket to the live stream of the last, of the last circus or something like that. But
0: Really? Wow. That, yeah, I mean, it was the greatest show on earth for a very long time. And I mean, everybody, I can well, not everybody, but I would have to say a high statistic of of, of kids, especially around our area and in most areas have been or at least seen something to do with a circus. I mean, oh, it's, yeah, it's, it's it's pretty legendary. And Hecalia Bailey, pretty sure that's probably said somewhat right, is rumored. I saw to that have name started, coming up, and yeah. I, I
1: think that's how I'd say it, too.
0: That's how I'd say it, Hecalia. Uh, Apparently, though, we'll, we'll just go with Bailey, is rumored to have started one of the earliest circuses in the United States after he purchased an African elephant whom he named Old Bet. And this was around 1806, just 13 years after John Bill Ricketts first bought the circus or brought the circus to the United States all the way from Great Britain. So the Britons, they started us. Then we got Bailey, bought Old Bet, just for anybody keeping track at home. But we're going to jump forward to 1841 because a showman named Taylor P. T. Barnum—I don't even know how to say the Phineas Phineas Phineas—they should just spell it like that—Barnum, who obviously you recognize, Barnum. He actually worked as a ticket seller for Bailey's show, and then uh, purchased the Scudder's American Museum. He then changed the name to, well, obviously, Barnum's American Museum. With Barnum's style of showmanship, bombastic advertising, and publicity stunts, the museum became a huge success. And the Barnum name, because of everything of this, actually became very, very well known worldwide, especially in the time that there wasn't the internet. There wasn't all of this, have everything in your hand all the time. To become worldwide back then is a feat. So besides the exhibits and everything he then barnum uh, started to bring animals to kind of add like a, a zoo-like element and a freak show kind of at the same time which is kind of cool and then we Bar- could do a
1: whole podcast about about these 19th to 20th century freak shows there mm-hmm. is so much just insane shit that happened with those that
0: yeah
1: you could get lost in it forever it's insane
0: It could. And if there's anything local that happens with one, you might hear this in a couple episodes because I'm definitely intrigued and I think some people will be intrigued by that. But Barnum was like, you know what? I feel like more people really need to kind of see what I have going on. So he started to do road tours, named it the P.T. Barnum's Grand Traveling American Museum. Seriously, it was it was all of that. But then some bad news happens. July 1865, the museum burns down. He attempted to kind of reestablish a museum at another location in the city. And then it also burned down in 1868. Not really sure what happened that, but, you know, for the best, he opted to retire from the museum business because, you know, hey, they say things come in threes. And if you have a third museum burned down, then that's, I don't know how you recover from that. A lot of stuff burned down. A lot of stuff burned down in in some of the episodes we've done. It's kind of crazy.
1: I mean, I don't, I, I don't know for a fact, but I'm assuming in this like mid to kind of late 19th century, I, think, I feel like a lot of investigations were dudes walking and be like, Mwah. hmm, yeah, hmm. Oh, yeah, there's a down. fire. Yep, burn down. <laughs> and then, boom, insurance check. <laughs> right.
0: If I don't even know if there was insurance. Anyways, circus operators Dan Costello and William Cameron Uh, Coop of Delavan, Wisconsin, wanting to cash in on you know what Barnum had everything, the name and everything like that, persuaded PT to go into partnership with them. Together, they created are you ready for this? PT Barnum's Great Traveling Museum. What is that word? Menagerie, Menagerie. yeah, caravan and hippodrome. Seriously, it was all of that in 18. I don't know
1: what a hippodrome is, so
0: yeah. And apparently I didn't know what a menagerie is. A
1: menagerie is, is a, an eclectic collection of animals.
0: Oh, yeah, I knew that. I didn't know that. Uh, so all that went down in 1875 with the super long name. But you know what? As described by Barnum, Costello, and Coop, they had a great show that was truly immense and c- kind of combined all of the elements of the museum, a variety the variety performance, the menagerie, the concert hall, and a circus and considered it to kind of, you know what, be the best show or the greatest show on earth, which obviously then became part of the circus's names. So let's throw in some more people because it's not, you know, easy to follow as is. And I love saying names, James Anthony Bailey and James E. Cooper. They've kind of been operating as Cooper and Bailey Circus since the 1860s, featured a baby elephant, Columbia, which they advertise as the first elephant born in the U.S., that's pretty cool. I don't know if it really was, but they advertised it, so it must have been true in the uh, 60s. The elephant was a great card for the circus. I mean, they're, I feel like if you don't have an elephant, why are you even starting a circus? That's yeah. that's how they've all been going on. So Barnum was like, hey, I want to buy that elephant. But Bailey and Cooper, they're like, nah, we can't really cut them up on this deal. So you know what they did? They combined the two, and they became the Barnum and Bailey Circus. They're getting smarter, as you can see. They're not having, you know, 17 names that are hard to say in one. So they're in 1881 now. All right. Keep following along. Bailey's Circus was doing much better than his. So their name, before they shortened it to the Barnum & Bailey Circus, are you ready for this? B.T. Barnum's greatest show on earth and the great London circus, Sanger's Royal British Menagerie Menagerie. And the Grand International Allied Shows United. That was the whole thing. That was their name. What's that? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21 words in a name. So they were like, hey, well, maybe we just do Barnum and Bailey Circus? Brilliant. For
1: brevity's sake, as the dude would say.
0: <laughs> so Bailey was very instrumental in acquiring Jumbo, advertises the world's largest elephant. Got him on the show. But after Jumbo died, Barnum donated his taxidermied remains to Tufts University, on whose board of trustees Barnum served as one of Tufts' first trustees. So the Barnum Museum of Natural History opened in 1884 in the Tufts campus and Jumbo is a prominent part of the display. And to this day, the Tufts mascot is Jumbo. They're the Jumbos because of it. Isn't that cool?
1: Yeah, that's pretty, that I didn't died. know that. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. But yeah, that's wild. Can- can we talk about like I mean you went to you went to college, a couple different colleges. I went to college, a lot of people I know went to college. I, I can't imagine I can't imagine walking into uh, the president of my college and saying, All right, President Halstead, I have a dead elephant in my car. It's yours. But I want to be in charge. I want to help lead the college into the future. Dead elephant? I mean, like, nowadays? It, and, for those, and for those just listening, I did like a big-eyed, like,
0: huh? 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 <laughs> yeah. like, like an elephant knows. But, I mean, you had to think, though, yeah. in 1884, how many trustees and boards did they really have? Like, if, if you had the ability to get an elephant in the 1880s, you could probably walk into any college and be in, like, here's Jumbo. Like, the world's largest elephant, and now it's yours, and now it can be the mascot, and now you can get so many more people to come to your college, make more money, and you and me, we're going to be rich.
1: Or if you put it that way, and you had a living elephant, you could definitely get whatever you wanted, because what are they going to do? You Mm got a fucking elephant.
0: Big old elephant. Not the world's biggest, but I'm curious after Jumbo went, who was number three. They don't, they don't
1: have tanks at this time. They don't have airplanes at this time. Like, what are they going to do? Like, wheel a cannon out and shoot your elephant? You got an elephant.
0: Well, Tufts definitely did. So educational show, obviously, you learn that. But then we're going to stick, you know, separately. You know, in 1884, five of the seven Ringling brothers had started a small circus in Baraboo, Wisconsin. The other two, curious why they didn't get into the business, but we'll have to look into that. So this is around the same time Barnum and Bailey at the peak of their popularity similar to dozens of the other small circuses that kind of toured the midwestern u.s and the northeastern u.s all at the same time the brothers moved their circus from town to town in small animal drawn caravans their circus just rapidly grew and they were soon able to move their circus by train which allowed them to have the largest traveling amusement enterprise of the time i mean think about having to pack up for, you know, you, you go to a place, put on a show for a couple of nights, pack up not only the animals, the equipment, the people, train, train, train. I mean, now what do they, what do they do? You just tractor trailers after tractor trailer, probably, right?
1: I mean, yeah, I know that's how they move, like, traveling tours. Like, back yep. in the day when I was going to, like, Warp Tour, there would just be out, like, at the far end of the parking lot, just, you know, 30 tractor trailers. Yep. Ready to tear down and load shit up and then not to mention, you know, the the, the band's shit. So I mean that you have to probably, imagine
0: too. I mean, unless the venue is right by the train tracks, then they are getting it off there, loading it up with, you know, people and horses. That's that's a lot of moving pieces.
1: But I bet you that hey, wasn't that hard though. Back back at this time I I feel like there's probably a lot more train track. Well, there's the train tracks are still there probably today, but they're not being yeah. used.
0: So that was there in the 1800s. Now it's 1889. We're getting closer. And there's just some absolute great excitement in the North Country because the greatest show on earth is going to be performing of all the places, Governor, New York. It would then head to Montreal, Canada for shows the next day, two shows the next day. So the train was carrying the great show was uh, kind of how it worked is they would send it out in three different sections. The first took the tents. In the uh, gilt covered vans used to make up the kind of usual street pageant. The second, then, was made of cars containing horses, elephants, camels, and a portion of the wild animals' captivity area. Then you got the third section, which kind of took what was left over in the sleeping cars for the performers. So the first section was traveling, everything's good, went over the road safely. But then here's the incident the second one, they were about three miles north of Potsdam, New York, and it crashed. The cause of the accident was a broken axle, which derailed the car containing the elephants and five other cars, two of which were telescoped. Not really sure what that means. I didn't didn't look it up, but they were telescoped. I mean, I think telescope, like I'm looking at the moon and some shit. Or or maybe, see,
1: oh, that's a periscope. Because I'm thinking like a guy that's like P.T. Barnum. He's like, oh, oh, shit.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's different. Uh, okay, so telescoping in a railroad accident, telescoping occurs when the underframe of one vehicle over oh overrides that of another, and then yeah. smashes through it. That's way more gruesome than I probably. That sounds think. awful. Yeah, so they telescoped, which means they just kept going. So, Not yeah. So the. The accident did occur at midnight and the train was running at a speed of about 25 miles an hour. The scene following the crash that brought it to a standstill beggars uh, description. And in, in nearly every one of the cars were men whose business it was, you know, they just said we got to attend to the animals. They were rudely awakened from their slumbers to find themselves in the midst of a mass of splintered timber, dead, injured animals and just kind of carnage everywhere. The horses were frantic. They're obviously scared. They're screaming. Uh, And there's reports of just hearing the horses scream in the dead of the night. It would just make your blood freeze in your veins. And well, and then all of a sudden, you know, the the, the people there are trying to help. They're, They're panic stricken. And then you're hearing their cries. And it's I just couldn't imagine just walking up on this just debris of everything. And not to mention it's pitch dark. It's not like there's a bunch of streetlights and everything else. There's no dwellings nearby. I mean, there's just pitch dark. So it was first reported that there were several men killed in the crash, but it turns out only a couple, uh, two of them were injured and not seriously. So it was just in that regards for, you know, the men escaping death, absolute miracle, but they did have to take 11 men out of the cars through the roof. I mean, wonder how they did that that back then. Oh, yeah, that's a that's a good question. I I have no idea, but the task of getting the horses out of the wreck cars was both very difficult and dangerous. Obviously, the animals were frightened, hard to manage. The dead and injured were so numerous that it was almost impossible to get at the uninjured. So those animals are just pure chaos. Can't be get to. They're freaking out. They're hurting themselves. Ugh. But the two cars that were telescoped. Yeah, go ahead.
1: They. I can't imagine they were exactly packed in there with the most ethic. You know what I mean? You gotta imagine they really crammed those fucking animals in there.
0: I would imagine, but I mean being the greatest <laughs> on earth they probably have some love for the I don't know. I don't know. I hate to speculate. Well that yeah, I mean that's really that's
1: also you have to assume that they're that the they have at least good interest in the well being of the animals because that's their moneymaker. Exactly. You know, if they rush Jumbo to death and he looks like shit and he dies, obviously you're not going to make any money off Jumbo. None. But at the same time, None. I don't know. Tufts will.
0: Tufts will. But will. Uh, so the, the two cars that were telescoped, which you now know what that means, and so do we, there really wasn't much to do because every single animal, unfortunately, was killed in that train. So daylight comes. Most of the animals had been taken from the wreck at the side of the tracks. There was camels, scared cows, steer, and the various other animals that were rescued from the derailed cars that kind of were just all herded together, kind of like a scene, you know, that you picture when, you know, let's grab every animal, end of the boat. The cars, though, crushed, twisted into all sorts of shapes. They're piled up on the track, and it just kind of seems like a hopeless tangle, like when you have multiple headphones in a drawer, you just don't know what you're going to go or how you're going to get there where to even start and you just want to cut them but you can't because you need these headphones but the elephants were in the first car that was derailed they weren't hurt they weren't That's they good. weren't hurt at all i mean like we talked about elephants Tough. They were taken from the car though, and the behavior was probably a little bit ugly. They said, in all of the keepers, it took everything they could do uh, to get them under control. Some of the injured horses were taken to stables on just kind of close farms, you know, uh, Potsdam area, still pretty farmland where we are from. So they were just taken to farms to be cared for. And then uh, they actually sent four, and the injured animals were actually just, they kept trucking. They just sent them right up to Montreal. Show must go on, you know. So, Let's talk about kind of the recap of everything that happened with them. Uh, Out of everything, it was found that 33 horses, two camels, and one trick mule had suffered death, while 36 animals were more or less injured. So the trick pony suffered death in the accident. Also did the $7,000 stallion, which was driven by Mrs. Adam Forhaw Jr. Mrs. Forhaw, but bitterly would not be consoled when she learned of the death of this horse. The pretty mule, though, which performed remarkable tricks, is among the loss as well. Seven of the eight chariot horses are also dead. These animals were valued at many thousands of dollars, and they were going to be very hard to replace. The loss of today's business at Montreal would be no more inconsiderable. Some of itself, as the two performances would probably have brought in 15000 or more. It's a lot of money. Back yeah, in, as I say, uh, this back is in this
1: years. is mid 1800s. Yeah, 18 uh yeah,
0: 1880,
1: what are we at? 1889. Yeah. I mean, you have got I guess to put it in perspective. I'm reading a book right now that takes place in the 1920s. And it's about an architect who is bringing home $60 a week and he's living in a penthouse in Manhattan.
0: Yep. So, j- so I, I just $60 I just, a week. I mean, with, so I looked it up real quick. Fifteen thousand dollars in eighteen ninety to two thousand twenty three because of the inflation calculator, uh, calculator is about half a million dollars today.
1: Wow. That's, that's nuts.
0: I don't know how true that is, but that's a lot of money that uh that they lost. And <laughs> now
1: is that that is just money, that is just lost revenue from not making those Montreal shows, right?
0: Yep. For the two wow. the So account.
1: that's not to account the loss of their trains, the loss of their animals, downtime. Mm-hmm. Holy
0: shit. So listen, here's the total, right? Partner uh, Bailey, who was on the last section of the train, was on hand and, you know, had the unfortunate thing to say, hey, I got to count up all the losses. So the defective axle cost the concern at least $40,000 in animals killed and injured. Trains on the RW and O-Rail were delayed about 14 hours by the accident. And some of the delegates bound for the GAH encampment at Milwaukee had to stop in Norwood, all of the time waiting for the tray, uh, the tracks to be cleared. The accident occurred in a level piece of country where there were no embankments on the railroad. But for this, there would have been a much greater loss to the Barnum and Bailey show, perhaps serious loss of human life. It's so forty thousand dollars.
1: It's a couple mil.
0: That's one point two nine three million over hundred. And
1: what's crazy million. though is like that. Like, I'm a, I'm a fight guy. And so, yep. like, when you hear, what was it, 1.8 you said? 1.2. I
0: 1.
1: mean, that's. 1.2? Yeah. Like, a decent gate these days is like. Like, 8 to 12 million. Mm-hmm. So, like, a mat, that's. I, I'm surprised that it was only that. I mean, these yeah, guys man. were the show, these were the attraction.
0: Yeah, I mean, 40, yeah, that's a.
1: But stuff money. was also cheaper then. I mean,
0: I mean the horse was seven thousand dollars a prize horse.
1: Yeah, that's crazy
0: horse. You know, not all to right, so the then, hours
1: you put into training it and all that.
0: And that's just one. Yeah, that's that's a lot. That's a lot, and it's uh, just crazy that this this happened in pastam. But either way, PT Barnum. Died April 7th, 1891. After Barnum's death, James Bailey purchased PT shares of the circus from the widow. Bailey continued to operate the show on the East Coast until December of 1897. We took the circus to Europe for a five-year tour. Uh, tour. The show must go on, and it did. The names might have been different but they continue to entertain after enduring many issues throughout the years, such as fires, train crashes, the great depression, and many accounts of animal care issues. Movies were made about the show in the fifties. And then there was even another one in 2011. So for anybody wondering, they have relaunched the brand and they did in early 2022. The circus began auditioning artists for a kind of retooled circus. More than a thousand acts were applied and auditions were held in Paris Las Vegas, Ethiopia, and Mongolia. On May 18th, 2022, Feld Entertainment announced that the circus would resume operation in the fall of 2023. So stay tuned this year with a 50 city tour. Tw- uh, they're going to tour 50 cities. The circus said that the new show would debut as a multi platform entertainment franchise. In an announcement, President and CEO Kenneth Feld said as passionate stewards of Ringling, we are committed to creating a lifestyle brand that connects with families and sparks real fun 365 days a year through live performances, digital content, consumer products, school curricula, youth circus, arts programs, and more felt that this innovation and modernization were designed to create family entertainment that would last forever. Just like the show, the crash seems to have lasted not only forever, but kind of locally, this is something that has been talked about quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, real quick, gonna throw out some sources. Circus and sideshows.com. Thank you very much. Green Pasture or GreenerPasture.com and of course, Wikipedia. I think that's an every show thing. Wikipedia, yeah, thank you so it's much. It's gotta be. So as always, we round it out with a little bit of a quote. And Zach, I think you have the notes up if you want to read yeah. the quote.
1: The foundation of success in life is good health. That is the substratum fortune. It is also the basis of happiness. A person cannot accumulate a fortune very well when he is sick. P.T. Barnum. It's well
0: said. All right, that was fun. Glad to have you back. Super excited Glad to, to be uh, back. It's good. To, it's good to be you to be back. But either way, uh, now that we can pretty much record a podcast anywhere in the world we've got this figured out hopefully it sounds good it's the second time we've done it this way we're, we have the ability to do it wherever whenever so super excited mm-hmm. for this we're gonna be back next week with another episode if if you've listened to this all the way we can't thank you enough if you skipped ahead still can't appreciate Eric. thank you enough but we'd really like it if you went to the very first episode worked your way all the way up and we're gonna know that you did because we have analytics and stuff we mm-hmm. know numbers all kidding aside we can't thank you Matt, enough no, that's numbers. all we
1: got i, I don't really know
0: no, but you can say names. That's my kryptonite. I'm I am going to work better call for the next people episode. I am going to start finding research only on easy names to say. So, all right. With that being said, we're out of here. We'll be back next week. Thank you, Zach, and thanks everybody for listening. Gotta go. Bye. Bye.